welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, my friend. I'm glad you're here. We have another opportunity to briefly Get everybody up to date on coaching, something you that you do day in and day out. You bet. What's a typical day for you as the coach's coach? That's a great, I mean, I don't know if there's a typical day every day. Uh-huh. That's the great thing about coaching. Every day is different, and you have no idea what challenge you'll come up with tomorrow. It's kind of like a Forrest Gump. It's a box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you never know what you're going to get with coaching. But but that's okay. That's the great thing about human nature. But the thing is we always try to do is to get them from where they are to where they need to go and how to help them grow and expand and, and improve themselves. That's what geeks me up. That's why I do it. That gets you excited, and every time that you – have a situation you find the coaching works perfectly. There's no resistance or anything. Is that right? <laughs> now, I, like, I found myself, I like to lead into these things. Right. Because today we're talking about overcoming coaching resistance. Right. this is, I mean, you, you're excited about coaching. You know mm-hmm. the power of it. But there's challenges many, many times. So this is going to be one of those episodes where we talk about those challenges. Yeah, there, there's a whole number of reasons why managers resist to coach. Number one is they haven't seen the power of it, so they don't see the results. I've seen the results a number of times, so I'm completely committed. I'm kind of like the you know the the coaching apostle. I'm fired up about it. But a lot of people they don't they haven't seen the results, or they what happens is they just don't want to stop using traditional method of managing, and that's one where if they can't give up the traditional management style, then they can't adopt a coaching style, and that keeps them from being effective. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. We've got, uh, I was working with a, uh, a CEO and he was telling me about an employee who, or a manager is a little bit resistant uh, to coaching. So my job is to meet with that manager and to find out what their perceptions are, what they're going to do. And then basically this is going to be kind of like my coaching plan with them. Uh, and, and just so everyone kind of gets the, the context here, mm-hmm. you work with an organization you work with all their managers on coaching, and right. then these situations come up where they say, "Hey, you know, here's a here's a situation where we need your additional um, assistance on." Am right. I right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is one where the CEO said, "Can you help this one coach I have?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and this CEO, he knew that he had a problem, mm-hmm. and he knew that it was a challenge for this individual, and um, and it you know, it was a rather seasoned manager so this manager didn't want to uh, give up mm-hmm. really this manager has been successful everything okay. was fine okay uh-huh. uh, at least in their mind and why change why do anything differently you know okay you bring this guy in he teaches us how to coach thank you very much appreciate it uh, you know with the mindset this too shall pass i think is kind of the mindset that this manager has mm-hmm. and the ceo is not accepting that saying no we are going to learn how to coach you're not coaching effectively i see it with your folks i see the questions i get the feedback i'm you need to improve it so so they solicited your help right so what was his, the expectation of the ceo for you on this on this task i guess uh, to get this manager to uh, you know either to basically for me to evaluate this manager to will they learn how to coach and will they incorporate coaching principles into their management style or do we say thank you very much uh it was great playing with you but we're going to take mm-hmm. our toys and move on 
And so that's really kind of where that CEO was, you know, a while back. Um, you know, I'll tell you the happiness of the story. Worked with them. The manager came around. The manager and the CEO are still working together. And that's, okay. you know, I, I want to share with folks positive results. Uh-huh. So this is what we did with that manager during that time frame when they were struggling and things were difficult. So it sounds to me like um, you're, you're going to dig in there. And you you say this a lot. Our mm-hmm. job is not to get work done through people, but to get people done through work. Right. How did this apply to this situation? And, and that's exactly right. This manager was doing a great job getting the task done. Um, you know, were the numbers there? Yes. Were, uh, were th- was the process getting done? Yeah. You know, when you look at all of the financial matrices of this manager's performance, guess what? They're performing. Uh, but the manager also didn't see anybody out of their department who is being groomed to be a manager somewhere else or has the potential to grow elsewhere. So this manager is not growing folks. And so this CEO, he is saying, you know what? We've got to grow people mm-hmm. and we need the organization's growing fast. They've got a very fast growing organization. They need more managers. Um, this man, this CEO sees a couple of people that they think they should be in management from that area and they haven't been moved up and progressed and things like that and so the the ceo says you know give me your analysis of this person work with this person on an individual basis this manager and see if you can help them find uh uh, find their stride in coaching how did you start that process well the first thing we do is you know the ceo uh, he reached out to this manager and said i really want you to work with rory and let's find out okay Uh, and, and you know coaching is not your strength the manager said you are absolutely right uh, admitted well, that right, yeah. so that was the first barrier because the you know yeah. Um, but the other barrier that we had was this manager thought, I'm fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a long time. Now all of a sudden, our CEO wants us to coach. It's not something I want to do. You know, boom. Mm-hmm. And so all of the training we've done at this point has really been kind of overlooked by this person because they just they attended it. it I call it lean out learning versus lean in learning. They were leaning out the entire time. Uh, mm-hmm. They were there, but you know when you participated in exercise, it was like, oh come on, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's like your kids when you watch them clean their room, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you know, you literally stand over them and they walk like the Walking Dead. You know, they're uh-huh. just they're just doing this slow motion, dropping the laundry in the laundry basket, mm-hmm. and they'll pick up their shoes and they'll do it all real slow. You, you've done, you've, we've all done Absolutely, that as parents. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna clean your room. Your grandparents come over tomorrow. You're gonna clean your room. And so I think that's what was happening with with this manager is they were, you know, that was how they were attending the, the training sessions. Were they there? Yes. Uh, were they completely involved? No. Were they leaning out? Learning? Yes. Lean in learning is when they're really involved and they're being part of the process. And they're really using this as a tool to help them improve their careers. Lean out learning is they're not there. I mean, they're there, but they're not there. Um, you, you, you know, it was one of those things where they thought they could fake presence. Now, when the CEO asked you to work with that particular manager, mm-hmm. you probably in your mind said, yeah, because of the way they were participating. And yeah. Yeah. The CEO and I knew long before Uh uh, the CEO pulled the trigger that this person needed help. So what had you, did you approach them? Mm -hmm. They were told they need to work with you. Right. And I'm, then we set up a, right. We set up a series of of phone calls. Okay. And what I'm going to talk about today basically is that first conversation that we had to get them, you know, so that we could have an in-depth conversation of what's their perception of coaching uh, how they look at it, all of that. So, you know, one of the first questions we asked is, what do you think the CEO's expectations 
are of you regarding coaching. Uh And so that way it gets them talking about it. I get their flavor of the month. What's their perception? What do they, you know, because they're going to say, well, I think the CEO expects this of me. Okay. However, that's what they expect of you. This is the behavior that I'm witnessing. Help me make that disconnect. Help me make that again, asking questions. Cause mm-hmm. the key is with coaching, what you want to do is I want to, I want to maintain the relationship with that manager so that we can in fact continue to work together. But I also want to get the results that the CEO is looking for right. with regards to behavioral change. Right. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with this. If I can get the behavioral change, then ta-da, you know, the CEO is happy. The manager is happy. Uh, employees are growing. They're getting, they're getting the, the, the fulfillment they need from this manager. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the other side of the coin is these employees that work for this manager aren't getting a sense of fulfillment of this organization. And that mm-hmm. CEO puts that as a high priority, high priority. Um, so then also I asked this person, what's your perception of the statement? Our job is, as you mentioned earlier, which is a great quote, mm-hmm. our job is not to get work done through people, but to get people done through work. And so when I asked this manager, uh, his perception of it, um, he said, you know, I get the job done. Right. Okay. Yeah, we know that. Uh huh. But there's two parts of this job, you know, like John Whitmore says that in the uh, the following job, or the following statement is manager's role is to get the job done and grow their people. Yeah. And so the follow up was you get the job done on a scale of one to ten. How effective are you growing your folks? Mm-hmm. And this manager basically said, I do a probably a three. Okay. So the answer was, I get the job done too, right? Right. Absolutely. I, right. Okay. Not we, right? Yeah. And we've talked about that uh-huh. 70 hours of easy, you yeah. know, where they, it's easier to do the job yourself than to train somebody to do it mm-hmm. and to help them and give them the skill sets to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was a big one. And so then the, the follow-up question I asked him is, what do you think about John Whitmore's statement? The manager's role is to get the job done and grow their people. And uh, as we said earlier, focused on getting the job done. And that's what happens with a lot of managers who don't adopt a coaching style is managers are basically either task-focused or people-focused. Mm-hmm. And people-focused managers are really what you really want because they can they can grow your people and get the job done. The thing I told this manager here is you're not, you're no longer being measured on just getting the job mm. done. You're no longer on the matrices that were there before. Those matrix, they don't, they don't matter. What you're being measured on now is do you get the job done and are you growing people at the same time? And, and that was a little tough for this manager yeah. to, to adopt. Uh, was more like, you know, they didn't tell me last year that this would be our criteria. Okay. Well, I don't know how much more clear you can say it when it's manager's role's job to get the job done and grow people. Right. But but the whole organization was going through that. They mm-hmm. were the only ones who were resistant to it. Right. right. Yeah. There, there's, you know, there's always a subset of folks who are either resistant knowingly or unknowingly. And I think the other side of the coin is, too, you've got to assume positive intent. I almost want to come up with a word called appy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. almost like happy, but appy. Assume a positive intent. Yeah. And so many times in coaching environments or in management environments, we, we assume the negative intent of someone. And I really don't think most of the time when I look at folks in depth, it is not a, it is not a negative intent. It is either a lack of knowledge or a lack of desire, or they've got an old way they're doing it and it's working fine. And now that old way doesn't work now in the new world. And so, and they continue to use it even though now it's not a tool that the organization wants them to do. So it's not an intentional negative intent um, on the person's behalf. And so we've got to assume a positive intent particularly with coaching and particularly with working with folks, that's got to be our goal. And then the other thing is too now, okay, so we, we asked that. And then uh, this person still struggles with the concept, I get the job done, okay? 
But then I asked, okay, where do you see your people in a year from now? I I don't know. Have you asked them? No, I haven't. And we we talked about this a couple episodes ago. mm -hmm. Have asked those questions during coaching to Mm -hmm. have them put together kind of a vision of where they want to go. Right. What uh, Carol uh, Dweck says, uh, a growth mindset. She's very, very famous on that, wrote. You know, tons of articles got YouTube videos out the YouTube videos on the growth mindset. And so this manager really hasn't adopted a growth mindset mm-hmm. for himself or for his people. And so it's been a it's been a, you know, kind of a stagnant mindset. I get the job done. Next week will be like last week and the week after that will be like the last week before that. And, you know, just yeah. this, this continuum of doing the exact same thing over and over again. And that was the other thing that was bothering the CEO is they saw the same manager every year year over year and they wanted this person to grow too and they, mm-hmm. and they what they want to do is grow on coaching so that's the key you just can't be the same person year after year when you're doing it so one of the questions i asked this person is imagine from a year from now what would you like your employees to say about you as a manager and a coach and so mm-hmm. and what would you like your ceo to say about you as far as a manager and coach and so then that way it really acts makes them think of Hmm, do I really want to make this a priority? Do I really want to make it something I work hard at? And I think that's the the key is to ask people challenging questions. Mm-hmm. And um, and if there's anything I see with managers is challenging their folks is probably when once you start to adopt the concept of coaching, where I see the resistance barrier is pushing people beyond their comfort zone, beyond their comfortable limits. And that's one of the biggest barriers I see with managers, and I've got to help them overcome that. But once they overcome that barrier and they start having those difficult conversations uh, with folks, and then they build a relationship, it's a you know then the growth path is is pretty remarkable. It's a pretty it's a pretty good um, spiral upward when they do that. And uh, you know deep down, I asked the another question I asked the manager is deep down, what do you really want from your work life? Yeah. You know, is it just to get the job done, or is it to be seen as someone who grows people? Mm-hmm. Again, those questions are really have them think about where they want to go. Right. Again, putting the thought bubble over their head. Mm-hmm. The thought bubble. Yes. And, and put the thought bubble over their head and say, where do they go? And then also, I think another another great question for this person is, how much of this situation do you feel that is within your control? Uh, because sometimes growing people, they feel like it's outside their control. They feel like it's HR's you know, yeah. job or it's training's job or things like that. They don't see it's their job. And so I've got to ask the question, how much how much of this do you think you're in control of? So then we've got a sense of where they're at. Yeah, because then they can start talking about the the obstacles that they have mm-hmm. and then figure out ways to overcome those obstacles. Right. And, and But they've got to see that they have some control over it, that they can see that they can help people progress and to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a very, very important now, key. Now, in this situation, did they come up with some, well, I'm not really in control of this, I'm not really in control of this. Mm-hmm. and. I guess the conversation helps sort that out, right? Right. So let's say we went down that path. We didn't go down that path, but let's just say we did. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, okay, give me data that says there's no way you control this. Yeah. What, are, what are the barriers that control it? And we talked you know, a couple of weeks ago about the, the equation uh, potential equals performance or performance equals potential minus interference. Uh-huh. Right. So performance equals potential minus interference. So – the performance you're getting right now is that as high as you think you could get. Are your are your employees working as effectively as you possibly can? And this manager said no. And I said, okay, what are some of the barriers? Well, um, they're not happy about this and this. And I said, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? Well, I really can't fix that. So let's yeah. let's step back and let's take a look at it. You know, 
what they want is they want senior managers to you know sprinkle pixie dust yeah. on their folks, and all of a sudden their folks are fixed. Right. Where really it's their responsibility to do it because that's why they're being paid. The and then they can figure paid. out what they can control, and mm-hmm. then not worry about what they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And it's amazing, you know. It's a. I think that's another big barrier for managers is they feel like so many things are out of their control, mm-hmm. which that's really not true. You've got a tremendous amount of control. Uh, one of the barriers I see from folks is I was just talking to a, a, a gentleman yesterday and he said, you know, my organization does not have a coaching mindset. I said, okay, do you have a coaching mindset? He goes, yeah. And I said, then that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, because I said, you can't hide success. Right. When you use a, you know, I asked this person, I said, do you believe in coaching? Yes. Are, are you an apostle of coaching? Yeah. Are you going to stop doing it? No. Do you see the value? Yes, I do. Then just do it. Yeah, just keep doing it. Right, because your management team is going to recognize that, guess what? You're growing more people. Your people are happier. They're more engaged. You get more jobs done. You get more tasks done. Then then they are going to ask you, what do you do? And they say, I became an expert at coaching. Yeah. And once I learned how to coach, then I was able to get more of my people because that, you know, performance equals potential minus interference. I was able to reduce the amount of interference. I was able to get more, you know, what were their challenges they were facing? If I could reduce those challenges, reduce that interference, guess what? Their performance is higher. Yeah. And that's what I did as a manager is always asking that question. What's those challenges and how do I overcome them? And when they do that, then ta-da, it's remarkable what they accomplish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. And then I also, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how important is it to keep um, this matrix at a certain level? And, or, and then on a scale of 1 to 10, how is it important is it for you to grow your people over the next year? So basically measuring a traditional matrix they use right now compared to growing their people in which is most important. And mm-hmm. and then, okay, are, then if you say this matrix is the most important, then what are you saying about your people? Well, I guess I'm saying they're not very important. Yeah. Okay. How yeah. do they perceive that now? They probably do. Mm. Do you think that's the reason you're getting the resistance you're getting from folks now in the organization? And then they said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, then what can we do to change that? That's something you can control. You can change that. And if we change that, do you think the results in your in your organization will be better? I think your matrices will actually improve when your engagement of your employees improve. Right, right. And, and that's really what we want to accomplish from coaching. When you do that, then remarkable things occur. And... Um, and then I asked that the question. That sounds like a light bulb went off in their head when you went through that. Absolutely. Because then you've got to compare and contrast where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you're basically asking the question, how's, you know, it's the Dr. Phil question. <laughs> All right. How's your old management style working out for yeah, you? Right. You know, how's this working out for you? Yeah. Well, it's not working out for you because guess what? You're on you the got, Dr. Phil show. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> on the Dr. Phil show. And the CEO drug you into the CEO's office to talk about what? Your ineffectiveness of coaching. Right. So you got the choice to change it. And we asked the person, do you want to stay on the job? Yep. Then if you want to stay on the job and you want to keep this job, there's got to be some change in the behavior. Mm-hmm. You've got to help grow your people. You've got to coach your people so that you can get better results done. And that's what the CEO is looking for is, is truly better results in all areas of the entire organization. And... So, you know, then basically ask the question, what would you like to change about your management style? How could you change it going forward? And uh, and do you think you can really that you need to change? And do you really think that you can change? And um, how'd that go? Uh, there were, you know, that took a couple of weeks to get yeah, past that's that. A tough, that's a tough thing. Right. It's a very, very tough question. And it, you see, the other side of the coin is, too, a lot of people think that coaching is instantaneous, mm-hmm. that it's going to be. 
remarkable and mind-blowing. And, and I have seen sometimes where it's been instantaneous results. But, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a NASCAR driver. A NASCAR driver, if you coach them and you improve their speed maybe a mile and a half an hour around the track, going from, say, 221 to 222.5 doesn't seem like a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's probably a thousand feet over a mile, you know, or, 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 you know, a thousand feet over yeah. 10 miles or something like that. Well, when you talk about a thousand foot lead in front of an opponent, that's remarkable. That's right. You know, but you, but you have to see that at the end of the process and you have to see it as you continue because they don't, mm-hmm. they just don't get that big lead all of a sudden. They pull away from that other car. Right. And, but then as you see the end of the race, you see, wow, they just killed them. Well, we just we just made a one incremental change that all of a sudden made a big difference in their performance, and that's what we're trying to do when we work with folks. Yeah, the, that it's that incremental change that can really add so much more productivity to folks. Absolutely, you know, just and and as you grow it and, and as you get develop it, uh, you get better. But let's face it, the, you know, also then we're human; we make mistakes, we regress to our old behavior, and people need to keep us accountable. So, you were asking the questions. Mm-hmm. It seems like you were leading to putting together a plan for them, mm-hmm. right? So did you put together a plan well, or really, they did? Yeah, well, that's a great question because you can see the last question here is, mm-hmm. you know, what is our game plan going forward uh, from today? When I asked them that question, we've had that because these are the notes from the very first coaching session we had. And so I said, what's our game plan going forward? Well, one of the things they struggled with is, you know, what's my perception of my managerial style? So we had them think about that. You know, what's, what's your perception? How do you define your managerial style? Um, how do you, th- you know, is that the best managerial style that you can have? Because we had to have a, a management philosophy discussion for this manager to say before they could make the change. They had to change their philosophy in order to make their change there. And that's hard to change a philosophy. It's something right. you've had in your entire life. So it took them a while to do that. But that was our game plan of, of doing that. And then we also worked on we also worked on their style of, of, of leadership, their style of coaching. And then we, we, it, you know, that basically took almost about six months to get them over the hump. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're they're still there. They're performing very well, the CEO, and they are, you know, uh, living happily ever after, shall we say. And it's because we had some difficult yeah. conversations. So, folks, we just gave you these questions. Mm-hmm. Keep and save this episode. Mm-hmm. So the next time you have to coach in what we would call a resistor, mm-hmm. listen to these questions. You can right. just guide it, walk it through that way. Bingo. I mean, you've already got the formula right here. Take the uh, 25 minutes, re-listen right. to it, and then go in with the coaching. Absolutely. That's good stuff. It, 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 and this works. And for, the, for the price of this of this program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's well worth it, just this program. Yeah. Five, Not to mention all the other episodes. Well, you know, we've got the five easy payment plan, and that is five easy payments of nothing right. for this that's podcast. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so that was a, that's a great guide, a really step-by-step guide that people can listen to. So People want – they want cookbook. If they want more help and they need mm-hmm. to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, I love to talk about coaching. They can get a hold of me at RoryRoland.com, and it's got all of my contact information there. I'd love to. I speak all over the country. Pardon me. I speak all over the country and happy to either speak at their conference or to help the organization uh, improve their coaching. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production, produced by Paul Lavoda.
and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.